Welcome, screensavers. I'm Michael Gallup. I'm Matt Sturdivant. I'm Tyler Sitkus. Together, we host the Silver Screen Savers podcast, and today we are talking about Infinity Pool, the news from Brandon Cronenberg, creepy, weird, sexual, all kinds of different stuff that I can't even describe. This will be, I will say this will be an X-rated episode today. We usually keep it pretty clean. I think that's going to be impossible with this one, so just forewarning on that. But even more important than that is that we are joined today by a very special guest, our buddy Kate Thomas from Double Feature Movie Club. Hey, Kate, how you doing today? tonight i'm doing great uh thanks for having me of course do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about your show where they can find it yes uh double feature movie club it's a weekly show currently on hiatus um for the winter but it'll be returning in just a like uh two weeks i think so it's really quick around we uh, live stream on my youtube channel youtube.com slash k thomas on sunday nights um where we just talk two movies um typically from the last decade um, that are movies that have just been on our watch list for a while that we just haven't ever got the chance to get around and talk about. And then um, it's later, uh, the next day, it's available as a podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, awesome. I, and I'm relieved to say that because when you first said that you were going on hiatus, I'm like, oh, no, it's going to be a long time. But all right, now you're saying that. All right, that wasn't that long, so I'm glad. All right, we are here to talk about Infinity Pool. This is about a struggling writer who vacations with his rich wife, at a fancy resort in a poor nation. After meeting a friendly but mysterious couple, a tragic accident plummets them into a surreal cycle of punishment and regeneration. This is written and directed by Brandon Cronenberg, apparently based somewhat on actual vacation experiences. I'm not sure how far that goes. <laughs> so, Kate, I'm going to start with you. We'll start with general thoughts. When you were sitting watching this, what did you think of Infinity Pool? I really liked it. I ended up thinking I liked it more than I um, inten- um, initially thought I was going to. Um, it ended up taking on a, a different route, um, and um, I thought the uh, themes and performances were quite entertaining. So, <laughs> despite yeah. being very weird and everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're we're definitely gonna get into that, <laughs> Matt. What did you think? Oh, uh, I um. I was all in on this movie before I even went into the theater, and I I dug it quite a bit. It was, I wouldn't say it was flawless, but I'd say it's right on par with Possessor, who, which was one of Brandon Cronenberg's other recent films. Um, I thought the acting was stellar. I loved Alexander Skarsgård. I loved Mia Goth. The movie was, you know, the visuals and the story was just trippy and weird and bizarre, but that's just my type of movie, so I was all in, and I, I really enjoyed it. Tyler, what'd you think? So, there was a lot I liked about this movie, especially the premise I really enjoyed, but this movie just didn't quite land for me. I just kind of dragged in parts for me, and like there are just points where I just fell out of it. It was really weird and surreal, and I like that. It's got to be to be a Cronenberg movie of any capacity, no matter which Cronenberg is making it. <laughs> um, but... Like, Mia Goth, who I love, I loved her and the Pearl and X from last year, but I just did not like her performance in this. Like, so grating and awful, and I was just, like, not into it at all. So it didn't really work for me on that level, but most of it I like, so it was an interesting movie, for sure. I thought this movie was quite fascinating and entertaining. I would say for the first 45 minutes to an hour was my favorite part. If you like psychedelic 
sexual, gory satire of vacationer privilege, of a writer's, a man's journey to heaven and hell and back and forth. This movie will definitely entertain you, for sure. You don't know where it's going, like you guys mentioned, which I think is exciting for the most part. After a while, I'm going to agree with Tyler, it gets to be a bit of a beatdown. You get the point. And there, for me, there wasn't really enough narrative momentum in the story to keep it captivating. So all the like absolutely over the top imagery gets monotonous. I know that's weird to say about like these sex cults and like things oozing out of nipples that I would be like bored by that. But I, like maybe I've seen too much, but it, it was just it was monotonous after a while. The parts where it was like a pitch black comedy, those are what worked best for me. But when it kind of tried to be a searing thriller, especially into the third act, there was one part where I just like threw up my hands in defeat and I, I couldn't really take much more of it. Still, I do think it's it's a very good movie. It's a movie, it's nice to see this kind of thing. I'm glad it was made. And I think it's worth a watch, even if it's not perfect. I did really like Alexander Skarsgård as James Foster. I thought this was maybe like the most submissive that I have ever seen Skarsgård, right? He's always being really these alpha male characters. And I thought it was a great stroke of casting to have him be this this guy who is made to believe that he is an alpha male, but he's kind of just being played the whole time. Do you guys think that you would have liked his book? Because he wrote one book about a marriage that was poorly received he seems like the blandest man alive like literally the blandest accent i could not tell where he's supposed to be from it was just like generic american accent so i don't think i would have enjoyed his book yeah i mean it's a classic first novel thing to like be about a a tough marriage and a couple having problems but yeah i guess you're right it's like this guy married the daughter of like a major publisher. He can go on vacation just to like get inspiration, quote unquote. So like, I, I don't know. I'm, there's probably more from his past that we're not seeing, but it's like, I don't know if this guy has a ton to write a book about. I did like his character though. Mia Goth as Gabby Bauer, great character name. She is as manic as ever. Cade, what did you think of this performance? What was your reaction to this? I mean, it's it's an out there performance, I think certainly, and I do think that there's certainly parts of it that's um, grating. But I think intentionally so. I think that um, it is it is um, very almost campy at times this performance, and so I I I personally really liked it. I love when an actor actors go to an extreme of that level um, in a movie in which it's all about extremes and it's about going to this uh, outer space sort of uh, idea. And so I don't know. I, I I found it to be very captivating. Um, um, and I mean, intentionally these, these people are, I think you're supposed to kind of find them a little off putting um, or a lot off putting. I absolutely agree. Mm -hmm. And if nothing else, I think like you, it's undeniable that she's captivating whether or not she is annoying or not. She's the presence <laughs> is there. No doubt. Uh, Matt, as the resident goth fan, what's, what's the scale here? What'd you think? Yeah, I, I agree. I think, I, I think the intention was there for it to be a bit grating and just wild. And I think she nailed that for better or worse, uh, as far as how you react to the character itself. Um, I just, I couldn't, 
I can't picture any other actress pulling in a role like this off other than Mia Goth. Like, I think I, I mean maybe I'm still riding my high from her X and Pearl performances among others, but I uh, I thought she was fantastic. I will say to your point, one thing that I think she has and a higher than average amount of is the ability to like make emotional and tonal shifts like on a dime and for it to be believable. You know, like in this movie, she's like, what was she doing in the beginning? She like is a a moron for infomercials or something like that. She acts <laughs> like she can't do things. So she's doing that. And then she's um, coming up behind Alexander Skarsgård and having a, a moment, quote unquote, with him and doing, you know, on the hood of a car, drinking wine, all this kind of stuff. And I never thought like, oh, no, this this performance is too much or like this is too many characters. I, I So I, I totally believe that. And that was evident in her other performances as well. I think she would work so well in some sort of noir and obviously thrillers because you can just see her characters in nine million different ways. I, I think, to be honest... She- like as a detriment to the other cast she ate every scene up and it was like i could not remember anyone besides her husband who anyone else was so i they they made her the focus which they should have but like i just felt like the kind of other characters got pushed to the back specifically the wife you're right so cleopatra coleman plays m who is james's wife and i thought the same thing i i like miss coleman a lot but the more you look into it the more you're like man, she really got, like, nothing to do, which I think is part of the point, right? James is kind of bored, maybe, in his marriage. He's, he's almost like, I don't want to say it like that, but he's a man who, like, has so much he doesn't even realize what he has and takes it all for granted, so he's just, like, bored in life. So, yeah, I agree with that. I did like uh, Jaleel Lesper as Albin, who was Gabby husband, Gabby's husband. He was an enjoyable presence. Mm-hmm. I also liked... Thomas Kretschmann as Detective Thresh, although it was one of those deals, like, I felt like he was in a different movie than everybody else. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, I feel like he should have been the detective, like, in Basic Instinct or something like that. Like, an <laughs> 80s or 90s thriller where he comes in, <laughs> explains the situation to Michael Douglas, and then he's out. And that's kind of, like, kind of what he was doing here, but he was explaining about like cloning people's bodies so you don't have to actually die. So it, I liked him, but it was mm. it was a little out of place. It, and it kind yeah. of goes. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just I was agreeing with that. I think it, 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 it I think it needed to be a kind of a odd performance for. I mean, because that whole to to sort of sell that shift that happens there of the story um, to go into sci-fi sort of territory almost that he was kind of a he was an interesting person i do agree though that there could have been a lot more development with the other the group of people that are also doing this i think that we focus a lot on mia goth and we don't get a lot of those other people who go through who are part of their group and um and it would have been an excellent use of interesting character actors that we don't see because it's like a weird collection of people and they're all like physically different from each other but um you don't really get to know those characters as much as i would have liked to have i love that point because you're absolutely right that group that they get together with and we'll talk a little bit more about the specific Mm -hmm. plot in a couple of minutes is that they did they did just seem like a monolith 
Mm-hmm. Like they were all just doing things together. And you know, good good performance in here. Like Amanda Bruegel's in here, Caroline Bolton is in here. But yeah, they didn't get too many individual personalities despite us seeing more of them than we see of most people on earth. So, very good point. Now, what what if we had gotten the background cast from the menu, like the the supporting <laughs> characters of the menu in this movie? Mm-hmm. Then Hong Chao would have, she would have gotten, that would have secured her for another nomination next year. (laughs) Actually, no, she would, she would have played great in Infinity Pool and she would have been good in like a more prestige drama and she would have gotten the nomination for that just like this year. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Kind of goes hand in hand with the rapid tonal changes here. So I wasn't expecting this movie to be as funny as it was, right? For instance, like the second time that they get arrested, Right, it just goes from goes from them doing something bad to just like them sitting in the robes in the room. I'm like, wow, that's incredible editing, and that was so funny. And then what happens after that is even funnier. And then it just it just kind of like drops that after a while. And I like I kind of missed it because it's it's so absurd that the comedy of it kind of helped to like cut it. And I thought when it was absent, there was there was something deflated. It was almost like it was so absurd that I I almost couldn't buy into the drama. I don't know. I might just... I'm probably talking out of my ass on that I, one. I but. do think... I do agree with you that the comedy kind of slips out and then it gets worse as a film, but it does come back towards the end, almost the very end, which I will talk about when we get into spoilers, that I thought was really effective. Let, let's just get into spoilers, because this is a difficult movie to talk about without spoiling it. So we have James and M on vacation... And they meet Gabby and her husband. This is the problem with vacation friends, is that these people can really be from anywhere in the world, and they could just lie to you, and you would never really know. I don't know. I, I have mixed feelings about vacation friends. Also, the Hulu movie Vacation Friends with John Cena was friggin' awful from last year. <laughs> All right, so they go with them to a private beach. They borrow a car. They're not supposed to leave the resort, but they do. They go to this little beach. They're drinking. They're having fun. It's getting a little hazy. It's hot. And so, all right, we're going to come to this because I have something to say about physics. Alexander Skarsgård is, you know, he's he's feeling the alcohol a little bit. He's off breaking the seal he's urinating onto some rocks and we see urine go onto the rocks so i'm assuming and forgive me for my crassness that you know is there's a slightly down angle from his body to to the spot of urine okay go with me here mia goth comes up behind him she puts his hand her hand on the phallus okay he's hard instantly instantly he's rock hard okay and then it takes her about 11 seconds to get this dude off alexander skarsgård like that was definitely method acting he dies when he orgasms his face is like a cherry tomato his bones are cracky he's like like this that was real and then we get a shot of, of his specimen, his white specimen, onto the same spot where the pee went. 
no way this dude came to death that thing that shot is going for a 96 yard kick return that thing is going to the other side of the beach it's not going in the same spot as the pee that was nonsense that is some uh, wonderful analysis and next time on ESPN's Tyler, you were sitting right next to me as we watched this. I bet you had no idea that that's what I was thinking about. No, I was not aware (laughs) that I was going through that. As soon as it hit the ground, I went, there's not a chance. No. All right, we'll move on. What? Let's. I'm surprised I didn't have that in-depth analysis. I, I, I didn't even think about it that much, and that's like... One of my fantasies. <laughs> Did you not see his face dying as he was as he was finishing? Not a chance. That that dude. One, of, one of your one of your fantasies is the Alexander Skarsgård orgasming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe. No. <laughs> Just watch True Blood, and your all your dreams will come true. All right. So they're done. They're they're. So what was the problem? I don't remember that. The was the guy too. The husband was too drunk. To drive the car, yes. So, yeah. so let's get an even drunker guy to drive instead, right? So, well, they they're... all passed out, and so he was the only one that was seemingly. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh, that's weird. true. Yeah, yeah. So they're driving at night. James is in the dark. Uh, the lights seem to be malfunctioning. He's trying to get him to work, and there is a a local man who's crossing the road, hits him, kills him. It's fatal on impact. Uh, my question was, did the the guy not hear the or see the car coming down the oh, road. Oh, blaming the uh, victim. I'm not <laughs> blaming him. I'm just like, that guy was taking like a leisurely stroll down the road. He's like, oh, there's a car. It's pitch black. There's no other. <laughs> there's nothing else around um, right. electricity-wise for miles, seemingly. <laughs> and this wasn't like an electric car. It wasn't like it was down Maybe the road. Maybe he just thought the car was going to obey the rules of the road and stop for the pedestrian. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you guys. There have been so many times in my life where I've stepped out onto crosswalks in front of cars just assuming that they would stop. Listen, not not to continue the victim blaming, but <laughs> technically he would have been dead either way because he was jaywalking. And if the crime or the punishment for every crime is death, <laughs> oh then... yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Is it jaywalking if it's just a dirt road? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. A, a field. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what jaywalking is. <laughs> Did they have like specific crosswalks on these dirt roads? It, yeah. it was dark. We couldn't tell. It's like Maybe the, this wasn't even a road. Maybe this was the ice yard. There's a, a little. He's yard. Yeah, he's, he's so drunk, doesn't know where he's driving. He just runs over a guy in the middle of his yard. There's a, a rectangular yellow sign with a man getting hit by the cars. If you, if this happens, you got on a crosswalk. There's no responsibility taken. It's on you. All right, so. Gabby says that not at that moment, but she she convinces them to like get in the car and go and not report the man's death. It's a very deliverance moment. And then she says later that they were going to get him into trouble somehow, but he was so stupid that he did it anyway. And I was wondering, what were they going to do to get him to be punished and executed? Like, what was the plan? 
it would have been a separate trip, I would assume. Like they would have had to have taken another trip in order to do to do this other crime. <laughs> oh. So there they were just gonna they were just gonna keep inviting him out until he hits <laughs> <laughs> It's like, damn, this is the fourth time he hasn't hit anything. <laughs> They were going to take him on a walk and they were going to jaywalk across the street. (laughs) (laughs) They were going to get him arrested for polluting nature with his... Oh, God. His his filth. Uh, I'm sorry, I'll move on. I don't think you are going to move on. I'm sorry. sorry. It's so (laughs) egregious. It's so egregious. Come on. Come on. Are we going <laughs> to... That's what he did. He did do that. Yeah. The rocks. Come on, the rocks. <laughs> you can cut this if, if, if you want, but I just want to question. So for our In Memoriam segment for this year, for the next upcoming year's awards, are we going to put Alexander Skarsgård's kids on there? After this oh. movie? Oh, <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <laughs> I've been screaming about this for five minutes. <laughs> We're, That's a good we're not we're not normally this crass. <laughs> no, the, I said at the top, it's X-rated. Normally, there's no swearing. All right, so instead of getting executed, the government offers an option where for people who can pay, people who are wealthy enough, they are cloned, and then their clone is executed, which I thought was a fabulous idea for a movie, a good concept. But... I was just kind of disappointed by the fact that, like, that didn't come into play, really, other than to just be that. Like, why does this small island nation have the ability to clone people? This is a good question that I don't know the answer to. My bigger question is that... So, the execution... So, we get there. There's, like, there's like bleachers, like, at a high school gym. And... There's some relatives of the man that was killed in the bleachers. Skarsgar's clone is standing like tied up against the post. There's his like he's like wearing one long robe that has a cutout circle in the middle so that the I'm assuming it was the guy's son can stab him I repeatedly in the that. abdomen. Are none of the people in the like do the people in the bleachers know about the cloning thing or are they like, "Huh. That that guy looks a, looks a lot like the other guy." <laughs> It's true. I have no idea. I think they have to know that it exists. Like that's the that that's the rule. But it, it does seem odd that they would be like, uh, be okay with just sitting next to the person who murdered their loved one. Right. <laughs> yeah. But I guess that's the rules there. I don't know. I mean, uh, yeah, it, it could be like a power hierarchy thing. It's just like if, if they're not, I'm sure they're all like, huh? It's weird. Like every horrible criminal has an identical twin on this place. It's weird. Um. I like how, like, every story about cloning is about, like, the dangers of cloning and, like, what a clone seal. And this movie's like, they're just cannon fodder. You murder your clones, and that's all you do with them. Well, that's the thing. I feel like the, the, uh, mor- the moral implications could have been a cool concept for it to follow, but I don't feel like it gets all the way there on that particular aspect. Well, it's kind of, I mean, to me, it somewhat deals with the what the impact that that sort of does to the psyche of killing your clone and like what that warps your head into and like what kind of human that makes you into for um allowing that process to happen and 
the ramifications that that has on your <laughs> your life going forward and how that alters the way you view things. I do think it it does. That's sort of a lot of the point of the film, yeah. from a character perspective. Uh, I agree, and there's also that mm-hmm. question posed by so like later when so when Skarsgård gets he um so he hides his passport. Him and his wife are getting ready to leave. He hides his passport. We didn't know that at first. So did you guys suspect that he had hidden his passport so that he wouldn't have to leave? I did suspect that was an excuse. I didn't realize, like, he hid it. But, like, after him being, like, gleefully watching his clone's execution, <laughs> and she's like, what is wrong with you? I are you, like, fine watching that? I figured he wanted to stay. Yeah, I think I had thought that that was possibly a, the case and, until, like, they went through all of the thing of, like, explaining that, most likely this um, detective or whatever had could, had it or stole it. Like then, like that seemed like it was an odd thing of like, oh, well, I guess that's the route they're going. But I don't know. That that, that seemed like a weird little um, tangent. I don't know. <laughs> that, yeah. that, that I, I, I was I thought maybe it was the once of the case when they started talking about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I liked the I liked hiding it for his character because again he just. Mm-hmm. He just seems like a man bored with life, right? He he is, has everything, but he's accomplished nothing, right? Everything he has because he's been married to somebody who already has stuff. And he doesn't seem like a guy, you know, a lot of writers rightfully um, produce a book and they write a story from their heart or whatever. And even if people don't like it, they're proud of it and they're glad with it. He doesn't seem like that kind of guy. He doesn't seem to have personal satisfaction in it. So I thought, you know, he was titillated by this. He was horrified by the execution, but he was excited. And that's when he meets this group of rich Westerners and they all commit crimes and then get cloned and then get killed for fun. And there is that moment, I'm bringing it back to what you said, Cade, where its effect on his psyche when the guy asks him of, do you ever wonder if you're the original or if you're just a clone, right? Because the clones get all the memories of the original. So there's never really any way to tell who's the original. So it, it could be one of these things of like, geez, it's like the original person that I am gone forever. Does, does it matter? Am I still me? Now, Matt, like you said, I this is another topic on which I don't really think the movie fully capitalizes on, but perhaps it's just not interested in that. I did like a lot of the hijinks, though, when they go to rob the house. That was good, and then it leads to like the quick cut, and they're all in the like the hospital Johnny's. That was an incredible. Like it literally is a quick cut from a shootout to just them sitting in prison. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. It was really funny, and it was great editing. Here's my question about the second execution. So we all think they're getting executed, but we know that they're not because we saw the first time. And it cuts to, like, they're getting stabbed or shot or whatever, bent over blocks, their throat slit. Yes, thank you. And then they cut to the bleachers where all the originals are cheering. I Like... Mm -hmm. Is this just for the government to get money? Because otherwise, I'm like, why are they just cloning and executing people just for the original people to watch? I think just for money? Is, I think that is the what they set up. I forget exactly where, but I think they did drop that in there at one point. That that's kind of how they are making bank, or like how the government's making money. 
So they don't even really need to commit crimes. Committing crime is just a perk if you have the money to give to the government. Okay. Well, that's kind of the thing I like is that this little nation has become like a playground for rich people to like do whatever they want because they could just pay the government to kind of just look the other way. And yet they still look like fierce because they're executing people for crimes. Yeah. Hmm. But I like I don't think anybody knew about did anybody know about the second executions because there weren't any citizens there. Well, it was just them watching themselves <laughs> get killed. That was what I found odd about it. Yeah, it was like a play, it's like I say I think the idea is like it's a money maker, it's a playground for the the wealthy to come there and and do this like that is a like a unsaid rule there that like if People want to come there and commit the crimes if they just have to pay the price for this. And it's another way for rich people to kind of, uh, I mean, it's sort of a, you know, obviously it's a, it's a satire. It's a, it's a play up on how um, these uh, uh, developing countries uh, are often uh, playgrounds for these wealthy people to come and um, do horrible things at and everything and um, live cons, con, con, uh, whatever, uh, I don't know yeah, what I'm making no. there, but that's, I mean, I think that's sort of the idea there. Yeah. yeah I like that. Anyway. I just, I feel like they should put some more marketing behind it then. <laughs> but, but they also want it to be somewhat secretive. I think that like they, they can't come out and say, Hey, murder our, you know, our citizens and, and, and destroy things. Um, uh, because you can, and that we'll, we'll, we'll have a workaround here. I think it's just a, uh, it's under the table completely. Yeah, they, they they tell the victim's family, like, hey, you can come watch the execution, but you can't look behind you while you're watching it. Well, I think if at any point in this movie, I know they weren't very clear by the end who whether we were dealing with the originals or the clones, but I feel like if at any point the clones were in this movie for the clones to slip in, I feel like it would have been this scene, especially with the quick cut. Like... Was yeah. the quick cut a fake out, or was it the quick cut literally them, and then the clones have just turned the tables off screen? It could be. I my kind of detraction from the movie is that the movie didn't make me care. I don't really care <laughs> if they were the originals or not. Like that's true. It didn't delve into that much. Because I think it, the idea that if they were clones of clones of clones each time, that that would explain sort of the depravity that keeps like they keep losing parts of their humanity each time that this happens yeah. i think you can say that either is the a case for the fact that they are clones or that even just the process in general um and the effects that it has keeps chipping away elements of their humanity each time i i think yeah yeah <laughs> the way i look at it but the way i see it is the Al- both albin and uh james got shot in the leg and then were injured during the end so like if were the clones also injured or was it just them because they were the ones that got shot that's fair but also like you in in fairness to what you said mike too it seemed like the characters didn't care whether they were the clones or not either so maybe Uh maybe we shouldn't either but i i like what they tried to set up there for sure yeah it's i i do like it for the complicated conversation i just in the moment it wasn't like it wasn't snapping for me. I liked it, but we haven't even talked about the orgy dreams yet. So oh, James, yeah. <laughs> it kind of starts out with James going in to get cloned. He, I was kind of hoping they do all this prep work where they're holding his mouth open 
and he's stepping into this room and like there's this viscous disgusting liquid filling up i i thought like oh are they making a mold of him or something i kind of wish that they had yeah. showed more of that but they just go for like this psychedelic these uh, strobe lights and somebody woman's <laughs> dancing naked and it's like okay and then later they they sniff the drug root right that's what it was yeah something like that and then they just go hog wild and that was fine for a minute and then i was like okay i i got it thank you <laughs> yeah we know what's going on Please. i do want to say briefly about like that the the sequence that he was first cloning thing i was so hoping for the clone to have its like mouth stretched oh, out and its teeth showing yeah. and like that's just naturally how it looks um would have been uh, amazing <laughs> <laughs> design <laughs> that he just you know without the you know it'd be an easy way to tell which one's the clone <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> i thought that's where they were going because i don't i guess i understand the point of why they needed to do that any anyways just to Make them look weird, I guess. I don't know. The, the people of this country are like, we keep our people get, keep getting killed by these weird open mouth tourists. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I will say this. Brandon Cronenberg, and for all I've said about the movie, I, I respect the movie a lot and admire it. He's an image maker. He knows how to do it. There's a lot of good stuff in here. So the, the open mouth stuff, it was fine by me, but I... Did, did does anyone here think that the orgy stuff went on for just the right amount of time no more no less I thought it was fine I didn't really have a problem with it but I wanted more orgy <laughs> Well I thought it was going to be a lot worse I must say I didn't think like whenever I I thought it was a little toned down um in some respects so I cuz I mean technically speaking we are seeing a a, a cut down version of what the original cut was Yes that was that's true um, and so I say, I say bring it on all I, the way. I think a lot of the <laughs> early reviews kind of had my expectations higher yeah. than the actual movie was, too. I I gotta say, I, I, I feel like I'm desensitized when I read reviews for movies that are like, I puked three times on myself during this movie and, like, passed out, and I'll see and I'll be like, oh, okay. It's funny, because the last notable example of that for me was Crimes of the Future, yeah, which was like fine. <laughs> I would say the last notable example for me was Uncut Gems. I was just reading like Google reviews of it, and people were like, I couldn't handle it. It's awful. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, okay, it certainly moves a lot, but it wasn't like <laughs> grotesque in any way. I mean, it does start in his anus and then <laughs> ends a different way, but you don't really see it. It's like gems in there. <laughs> So yeah, I, I agree. It was just, you know, I, it got to the point where I was almost playing Where's Waldo with these orgies where I'm like, what person am I looking at right now? I don't even know what body part I'm looking at right now. There's something oozing out of a place where there shouldn't be any oozing. So I don't know. And Matt, you were probably disappointed by the early reviews because the early reviews probably said all the ejaculation in this movie is physiologically correct. And then you saw it and you went, oh, no, it's not. All right. So James, he has a, an epiphany moment where he they the group encourages him to beat up 
they, that he thinks is like one of the government or police officials. Right? I think he thinks it's Thomas Kretschmann's character. Okay, Thomas Kretschmann's character. And then we learn that it's actually himself. And he's like, oh, God, I'm beating up myself. This is terrible. Now, I did like this, and I'm going to bring up this reading of it. I thought that James's whole journey where he's like, you know, he's kind of a bored, I would say empty soul kind of guy. And then he finds a little bit of purpose. He finds his libido and all this kind of stuff. And then he's kind of like torn down again. I thought this was a great allegory for a writer's journey. Any writer knows when you're looking for a new idea, right? First, you're searching for inspiration. Yeah. Then you think you get a good idea. Then you think maybe it's great. Then you realize you've sunk a lot of time into something worthless and has actually caused you a ton of grief and pain, uh, and it absolutely results in nothing. So I thought I thought it was a good allegory for that, for any writers out there. But after that, James becomes their pet. I did like the bus scene where he thinks he could leave, and then Mia Goth uh, shoots the windows out, and she does her whole screaming thing. I do wonder <laughs> how... Jamesy! Yeah. <laughs> What would you guys rather listen to? Her screaming James or the barbarian Keith? Oh, man. Ah, that's a tough one. I, I don't know what I would want. Mm -hmm. I, I, I mean, I gotta go with this one. This one at least had a little bit of variety to it. I mean, it wasn't as grating as the James from James and the Giant Peach singing his little song. At hey, the hey, 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 hey! <laughs> James was adorable, and he sang a great song. Leave James alone. Yeah. I'd rather listen to Joseph Gordon-Levitt doing his Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> okay. You're just a nutcase for that. <laughs> that was disgusting and egregious. Hated that so much. Pinocchio. Right, so James flees. He becomes their pet. Uh, Mia Goth is like screaming at him from the hood of a car. <laughs> he escapes into the forest and then he he goes to the home of the man that he had killed previously, right? He doesn't realize it. Yeah, but then the sun mm -hmm. shows up and the mm -hmm. sun chokes him was, out. Was that real? That, yeah, that's a. Yeah. <laughs> what I are the odds, though? Is it that small of an <laughs> island? I thought that was a hallucination because he woke up. <laughs> yeah, that's why I, I thought too. I thought that as well. I'm going to be honest. I wasn't entirely sure at the time. Yeah. But either way, the group catches up to him again. Mm -hmm. And they make him fight the dog version of himself. Filmmakers love to have Alexander Skarsgård fighting naked. <laughs> I have to say, this was the part in the movie that lost me a little bit i was like okay his old self is an animal he's fighting his animal self against his more civilized self okay i, I wasn't very enthralled with this were you guys i didn't really care at all i thought it was fine <laughs> i mean i found it to be somewhat amusing that they said they're building up this dog and it's you know a, a naked Alexander Skarsgård on all fours <laughs> that that was um a nice surprise um I think uh, in general. yeah <laughs> I think it would have been I mean, more surprising for me if some of the, if the, some of the promo for this movie didn't feature him in a dog collar 
Oh, that's why oh, I don't. I, I don't didn't, consume I didn't see that. Yeah, I, I didn't, didn't know that. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, but I do think before that, a, a nice reveal was that, like, of course they weren't fans of him at all. They had found like, and the fact that, like, th- then that's where it's revealed that he did a his his book was a failure, and that how on earth would she have ever known who he was? And like that was kind of a a nice little. Yeah, uh, I thought that was a good thing. twist. Mm-hmm. I'll agree with that. I did like mm-hmm. that, and I thought Skarsgård played all the different levels of James really great, uh, including the dog, who I didn't really care for at all, <laughs> and the bloody nipple sucking. That that I literally threw my oh. hands up, and I was like, "All right, I'm done." Our I'm theater done with the lost movie. it at that. <laughs> Our theater was dying. Like one dude's like, "Ha ha!" <laughs> lost his mind. <laughs> so, someone else behind us was like, 10 out of ten." Yeah, I heard that. I was like, okay, enough. I've had enough. Stop the ride, please. Stop the teacups. I lied. It was actually me that said that. (laughs) Well, that's odd that you got up and sat behind us. I forgot that that happened, and I don't know what that says about me until you just said that. (laughs) I forgot that 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 even happened. I think I just blocked it out of my mind. (laughs) Well, well, sorry for making you retread that. (laughs) So this is where I mentioned earlier that the comedy kind of comes back. After that scene, it shows them on the bus just, like, talking normal, and Skarsgård is in the back, like, he's freaking out. Like, he's so, like, out of it and, like, looking at them, like, just talking normal. Well, vacation mode's over. Everyone's going back to their normal routine, and they're all just, like, talking about what their lives are like, what they're about to go back into. And you're right. He's he's back there just, like... Like hor- more horrified about that than than some of the other stuff he's been a part of. I found that quite relatable. There yeah. have been times where I've been in groups and I'm like, all right, everybody's friendly, this is cool, and then it reaches a certain point where you go, mm, no, I don't belong here, and I, in fact, I want to get out of here right now, but you can't. So, I, and that's I after relate. you beat your clone. You start beating your clone unknowingly. <laughs> like, I don't think I belong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or was it my original? Maybe I'm the clone. I don't know. <laughs> but James stays. He stays on the island or the, the nation, wherever it is. Mm-hmm. And he's a man stuck. And that's it. That's the end of the movie. Do we have any final thoughts on Infinity Pool? I love that ending. I know. I, I think that that was a kind of a even like the visualness of it, like the fact that we're heading into like the this rainy season and like the the um, visitors are starting to drop off and that um, and then he he's staying there during whenever like a monsoon's coming down or whatever yeah. and it's like a closed resort and these things are being kind of like tore up and it's like really rainy. I thought that was really cool. And it's him just going to, I guess, be there during <laughs> this time because he's found a, he can't leave this the place. I thought that was a really powerful visual and um, kind of a emotional ending. I, I, I was very, I, I really, really liked the ending a lot. Um, uh, yeah, what, what else do I need to say? I, oh, the other little weird thing I wanted to mention is I love the weird language that we we see of this this fictional island that's like caricatures of different languages put together like it, it like it made it like stand out as like a as a of a place that is doesn't you know exist but it's just it's just a foreign country to these people and that's the point and it's like i just found that to be as a someone who's somewhat interested in characters and languages that it's like a combination of all these different um 
so yeah, I don't know. Just I found that to be specifically interesting. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, thank you. That's an <clears throat> an interesting take for sure. I didn't I didn't catch mm-hmm. that, but now that you bring it up, mm-hmm. so it's just yeah, it's just some country. So it's like I mean, it's just bringing the fact that like you know how a lot of you know um, you know developed societies look at the undeveloped world, or even calling it that, if it's just a foreign nation um, in general. Um, but anyways, yeah, I like this movie a lot. I I think just I guess for uh, the final things I, I love the uh, performances like again i mean i think we touched on pretty much everything i i really liked about it i have two two comments slash questions for you so number one all right do you enjoy studying the many intricacies of minionese the language of the minions <laughs> i think that would be that one is fascinating <laughs> Uh, no, I think not. I don't know. I don't. Not, I, I'm not. You're not a not gentle fami- minion. No, I'm not familiar. I guess I could say I would have to look into it. Yeah. And a more serious one. So you mentioned <laughs> the kind of the monsoons coming, which I thought was interesting. Do you think that? I mean, it could be any number of things, right? It could be that he just finds that he cannot go back home. There's nothing for him. He's kind of found his true self, and he doesn't want to leave. It could be that this might be like his form of self-punishment, right? Mm -hmm. Like regimental punishment doesn't exist for him because he's an incredibly privileged person. It could be like a cleansing thing. Like, I don't know. I really don't know. I guess eh, one of those you can interpret in a bunch of ways. Absolutely. I think having it open-ended that way kind of makes it uh, interesting. You can kind of put whatever. I think that's what makes it a kind of good ending is that you can kind of attribute different character things to it but um it still you know works for the arc to leave it that way all right matt tyler do you have any final thoughts um well like i said i'm i was very pleased with it it's uh it's one of the best movies of the year so far <laughs> wow bold statement <laughs> very bold it's got nothing on plane Tyler, you haven't seen actually seen Plane, have you? I have seen Plane. <laughs> ha- what's the take on Plane? Plane slaps. <laughs> Surprisingly good for <laughs> Gerard Butler dad film. Okay, there you go. So that's it. That's our thoughts on Infinity Pool and a complete analysis of Plane. <laughs> so, Kay, do you have any social media followings that you want to want to plug? Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I also uh, I do the Adult Feature Movie Club. It's the main one that would kind of, I think, be similar to your audience there. Um, I also make films and documentaries and um, things, and those can be found on my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Thomas. That's where I put everything out. You can even listen to the podcast that way. I have another podcast called Caden Friends. It's a comedy sort of podcast that I have with a few friends on, and that can be found on anywhere you listen to podcasts. But, yeah, Adult Feature Movie Club. It's on all the platforms, and you can follow me at the K Thomas on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. I'm also on TikTok. I put some clips out there that way. All right, awesome, Matt. What about you? You can find me at Maddie X Sturds S T U R D Z. That's on Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd. Tyler, what about you? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Tyler Sutkus and on Letterboxd at Tyler96. And to follow the show, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at ScreensaversPod. Write to us at SilverScreensaversPod at gmail.com. And our Facebook is SilverScreensaversPodcast. 
All right, well, Cade, thank you so much for having us. This has been awesome. And thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next time. Stay down to bone. Every time. Silver Screen Savers podcast is hosted and produced by Michael Gallett, Tyler Sukkis, and Matt Sturdivant, with additional editing by Matt Sturdivant. Intro music by Charles Michelle via Pixabay. Logo design by Nathan Seidel. 